I'm Matt. I'm Randy. And this is Got, Got Questions. And uh, this is our first podcast. And a little bit about ourselves is I'm the uh, Club 56 ministry coordinator at Big Valley Grace. That is the fifth and sixth grade ministry. And uh, Randy here, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm one of the leaders in Club 56, and I just really enjoy hanging out with the kids and asking questions, answering questions, and playing a little bit of that Foursquare. Yes, the Foursquare is awesome. So welcome to Got Questions, and we're going to kick kick it off with an awesome episode. All right. Cool. I feel really official with the headphones, microphone. And we got Daniel Elliott here helping uh, edit this and produce it. It's pretty cool. Pretty awesome opportunity by the church to do this. And uh, What we got here is our, a podcast that we're working on and developing. And it's just to uh, inform the parents of some questions that we hear in our ministry, Club 56. And also just questions we've heard from junior hires, high schoolers, and just to equip and help parents uh, answer some of those. And me and you meet from time to time, and we... <laughs> yeah, and we ha- we ask questions to each other, and I think that's a healthy part of discipleship and and uh, how to grow in your faith is ask those questions and to be able to sharpen each other with what we hear. So um, a question that we ask a lot in our ministry is, you know, we ask the kids, why is it you believe in Christianity? And what are some of the things that you've heard from that? That's a good question, Matt. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> so um, why do I believe? That's kind of like your testimony. My testimony is a lot different than your testimony, so it's a little bit, I always find it weird. Maybe everybody finds their testimony really weird, because I grew up in the faith. I grew up in church. Mom and dad went to church. I went to church, and I can't remember a time when I didn't believe. Hmm. Yeah. So, so I don't have that one time where I go, boom, God came, and now I believe. But what happened with me is, went through my faith, went through all all my life. But I think I always believed it like in my head because I'm kind of an evidence-based guy. So kind of talking about proof, I'm evidence-based. So I've been living, I was a chaplain assistant for a while, go to church and people would talk to you in church and take Mm -hmm. you out of church. So I stopped going to church for a while. And then we came back here to Modesto about 2001-ish. I really thought about I felt something was missing in my life. So I guess that's that big aha moment. I felt something was missing. Right. So um, I realized God was missing, and I really wanted to go to church. So I ended up going to uh, a different church. I actually went to a different church here in Modesto, and I just wasn't feeling it, and my wife wasn't feeling it. So we really, we kind of faded out of that. And then we came to Big Valley Grace, and it was really, really pretty meaningful. And I always put Rhonda first, my wife's Rhonda, and I always put her first and kind of let her lead because she's very awkward with with, uh, Mm. what she wants to do. So she said, one day she just came to me and she said, hey, Club 56, what do you think? Could we do that? And I was like, yeah, of course we can. That'd be awesome. So that's really where my faith in action solidified. So what I tell people is the way that you know you believe, in my opinion, the way you know you believe is if it changes your behavior. And it changed my behavior. So my my faith got strengthened. But what you asked, so I said all that, <laughs> and I didn't really ask answer your question, why do I believe? So we've been thinking a lot about this in Club 56. Yeah, yeah we challenge the kids f- with that. I've got a few things. Yeah. One of them is 
think about, we talked about baseball. Absolutely. So we look at baseball, we look at the sports scores, and we say, how do we know the Giants, uh, sorry, Matt, yeah, how do we know the I Giants lost last night? Because they, uh, they got beat by the Brewers pretty bad. And uh, for those of you that don't know who are listening, Randy here is a huge Brewers fan. I'm a, I'm a diehard Giants fan. Yeah, sorry about that. And they, they just swept us. But, yeah, so how do we know the Giants score? I would go to something like ESPN. There you go. Yeah. So, but but if if ESPN was putting out information and ESPN said, "Oh yeah, yeah, the Giants won," right? How how would that how would that not work? How would how, what would happen? And and I think what would happen is people would say, "Wait a minute, I was at the game. I saw the Brewers win." Hmm. So ESPN's wrong. So there'd be a pretty big uproar, and people would say, right. "You know, ESPN is putting out these bad stats. It's not credible, and you'd stop." Right. Yeah. So I think. When I think back to what happened with Jesus, there was a lot of people that saw Jesus. There was a lot of people that saw him after the resurrection. And a lot of people proclaim that. So if they didn't really see Jesus and they were there, the people who were there that didn't see him would say, hey, wait a minute. Matt, you're lying, man. What are you doing? So that's one way, because I'm evidence-based. That's, that's kind of what I think about. That's a lot. Well, evidence-based is what a lot of people say. They say you have no proof, you have no evidence. So keep going. Yeah. But that, th- I mean, that's what you would use if you were trying to, you know, like we're looking at this book, if you would look at, at a crime scene or something like that. You're, you're looking at that kind of evidence. The other evidence I look at, and to me this is really meaningful, is you and I talk about lying a lot, you know? So if you... Not that we do that a lot. No, no, we don't. We don't lie. We don't lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Never. if you were if you were out there in the world, and uh, there was a big crowd, and you were sitting at the Brewers game because I call it a Brewers game, even though it was a Giant Stadium, it's a Brewer game, um, and all of a sudden you went out and told all your friends that hey, I was at the Giants game, and guess what? Um, Harry Carey came back to life, mm. <laughs> and everybody would look at you going. Oh, come on, Matt. Harry Carey didn't come back to life. And you'd say, no, no, really, he did. I saw him. I saw him. Well, what if somebody came to you and said, you know what, Matt? If you don't renounce that lie, I'm going to kill you. Well, you would go, I'd be, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, okay. I was lying. I was lying. Right. Why, yeah. why, would, you, why would you stick to that lie? That just doesn't make sense. And if you look at the Bible— all of the disciples, with the exception of John, who died a natural death, all of the other disciples died for their faith. And why would you die for a lie? If it's not real, you give it up and you'd say, no way. Yeah. But they didn't do that. So uh, that's 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 most big for you. I know, I've heard you talk about that is about that they were willing to die for it. And uh, that is pretty big. Um, like you don't really, like I said, I wouldn't do that. And uh, now I would. Like I would do that now knowing that. I believe in Christianity. I believe in the Bible. It's something I would do, but if I were lying, that's not something. Have you ever thought about that, though? Would you? See, I worry. I'm be honest with you. I worry. If somebody looked at me and said, Randy, Jesus died for your sins. Yep, absolutely. And they said, well, we're about to kill you if you don't renounce it. I think about those people in other countries. Yeah. I'm a little scared. I I, I don't know if I have that courage. I think about that, too. And I, I used to think, man, oh, Without a doubt, I'd say yes, and then there's times where I've been like, oh, man, I don't know. if I, I'd cling to my own life before I do that, and there's been times in my life where I have felt guilty for having those thoughts, and there's been times where in front of my friends I had the opportunity to say I'm a believer, and I didn't do that, and so um, knowing what I know now looking back, that's not something I'd want to do anymore, and that's something I, I want to do is stand up for those times, and so a uh, couple years ago, well, I guess more than that, the old Matt, 
definitely would cling to his life more than that. But because of going through those circumstances where in my mind I renounced God in front of my friends, I have felt so guilty about that, and uh, that's not something I'd want to do anymore. But that is something to think about where I think a lot of us do say, oh, man, no, I, I would, I would, oh, I'd die for Jesus in a heartbeat. But I think if, that, if someone came up to you with a gun or something and said, hey, are you willing to die for this right now? How many people do you really would say yes or no? And That's a tough call, and, and it's even tougher for you now, I think, because you got a little I do. You got I a got little, a little boy now. right now, and, you know, you think of things like that. You think of your wife, think of your kids, but, I, you know, it is a selfish decision when you, you do think about yourself. Yep. And uh, I, I tell one time I told the Club 56 kids, if you guys don't know, Club 56 is an actual club. It's our uh, ministry for fifth and sixth graders. I remember the first time I heard it, I did not know what that was. It's got a clubhouse, though. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just as fun. No, I don't know. Uh, but um, I told the kids, I said, I challenged them with a question. I said, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? You telling someone that you are a believer of Jesus. What is the worst thing? And, of course, you get some kids that are like, oh, you get bullied or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you won't have a friend anymore. I'm like, really? That's the worst thing that could happen? And and then finally, a kid was like, oh, you could die. And I said, okay, boom, right there. Right. If that's the worst thing, how is that the worst thing? If, if you're I'm saved. A, if you're saved, right. right. If you're saved and I say, I, I, I believe in Jesus, and they kill you, I'm in heaven. Boom. So how is that the worst thing? It's so interesting to me. There's times I think, man, the enemy has, that, uh, has us almost trapped with that mentality of thinking that is right. the worst thing. That is a fear of mine sometimes where I'm like, oh, man, I would die, but then it's like, who am I kidding? I go to heaven. That's awesome. So why do we have that fear is another question that I think about at times. It's, I feel like a lot of us have it. Most of us have that. I'm not going to say all. I'm not going to go that extreme. But I do think most of us have that fear of dying, of saying, oh, man, that's the worst. Thing. But it's not. But I don't if think we're safe. scared of dying. I don't think when, when we say, hey, why aren't we talking with people about our faith? I, I don't think anybody any of us are going, oh, man, I'm worried about I'm going to die. What do you think? It's the unknown, or uh, like to an extent? Is that what it is? I think we're worried about being embarrassed. I think we're worried about the other people kind of going, what are you talking about, and you're weird and everything like that. Mm. I think it's like public speaking. People say public speaking. I'm more scared of public speaking than I am of dying. Mm. Not there me are, I've personally, heard people but say that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I do okay with that too, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, the embarrassment. Yeah, that is uh, it's so I think we talked about that once, Randy, of, of saying how it's so funny how we're more uh, embarrassed to embarrass ourselves in front of friends than we are acting if God's standing right there next to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that that's always weird to me because it's like, I'll, you know, I'll tell myself or even the kids, you know, I'll be like, you know, if God were in the, the room with you, would you be watching what you're watching on TV? And you have those hypothetical questions, but then you're like, what am I talking about? He, he is in the room. <laughs> Hello. And, but, we, but we ask those things, and, you know, do we really live those out of saying God is here right now, but I'm more concerned what my friends think of me and my family than God right here with right. my decisions. Because this world is more real to us than God's world. Ah, yeah. Absolutely. Because it's tangible. It's yep. right here. And this is, we're, we're living in a world right now where we're basing decisions and our beliefs off of what we can see, what's tangible, kind of what you're talking about. Yep. People definitely are saying you need proof. Yep. And uh, I saw this funny video, but these kids are sitting on a porch, and the, their neighbor comes out, and he says, hey, kids, how's it going? And one of the kids says, hey, God is good. And the neighbor looks at them. He says, there is no God. And the kid goes, what, what do you mean? And the neighbor says, can you see him? And they were like, mm. uh, no. Can you touch him? No. Okay, then there's no God. Science says anything that you can't see or touch, it doesn't exist. And uh, 
and the kids like look at each other and the guy says it's common sense and one of the gals on the porch she's like okay this sense of yours where is it it's in my head she says can you see it she says no can Oops. you touch it no and she says so you have no sense Oh, and mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we talk about, you know, why do you believe? And, you know, you said, you know, uh, the lying, you know, they wouldn't lie for that. And I also can see it through people, God working through people and the change. Like you're saying, I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he had a twin brother. They, they grew up in the trailer parks at the age of 12 with no food, electricity or water. And, uh, you know, me and my parents, we heard about their situation. They came and lived with us in high school. And uh, they ended up um, getting through high school. Right. One of them came with me to college on a wrestling scholarship, full ride. And that's so rare for wrestling and sports in general. Right. Full ride to a private school, graduated in four years, giving his life to the Lord in that process, getting married and having a kid. And you just see God working in his wow. life, especially when I look back. I'm like, man, God is so good because he took this, this kid from the trailer park at 12 years old. The trailer parks by himself. He was able to graduate high school, graduate college in four years, which is hard to do. Yeah. Uh, in four years, it's usually five or more. <laughs> and uh, but he was able to finish, give his life to the Lord, and you just see God working in a situation like that. And for me, you know, that you got to be like, man, something's there is a higher up to be working in this kid's life. That's not luck. That's not he oh, did it no. on his own. That was someone's looking out for him. And you know that there's a higher power based off of like that people's lives. You can see God working through there. So, so it's interesting you said you said that it just happens, and I I always I struggle with that. So, so if you guys don't know me, I'm Randy, and I struggle with a lot of stuff. So you're gonna hear some crazy stuff coming out of me in this podcast because I struggle yeah. with tons of stuff, and I don't say things that are necessarily uh, fully compliant with everything that's happening at Big Valley Grace. So yeah, but that's what I love. Just about a heads you, up. Man. That's what I love about you. You're honest and you have questions. I'm sure a lot of us do, but you you you, you speak what, what what you're thinking, and I like that. So how do you know? So so oftentimes we say okay, and I and I and I don't dis disagree with you at all about your friend because I, I I can totally see that that plan, but for me, when I'm going through life, how do you know that God that's God's plan that's right. that that voice in your head? How do I know that's God and how do I know that's not me going? Hey Randy, I really want you to do this, mm -hmm. you know. And it's just my sinful nature. I right. I have trouble telling the difference, even for the good stuff. You know, did God send me to Club Fifty Six? Mm -hmm. I I think so. But it could be just I wanted to go to Club 56 because that was going on, too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, he definitely it's it's funny because you have the, the these questions that the kids ask, like um, if God, you know, wanted it to be perfect, why did he put the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil on there? You know, and I think it just all comes down to our choices that we make. And do, does God know those choices? Absolutely. I think he has a plan for us. A lot of it. He drives us to do stuff where we feel God calling us to stuff, but we also make our own decisions, and God's there in those decisions. And uh, whether he said, Randy, go to Club 56 or not, I can't tell you that. You <laughs> know, I know that that's where you ended up, and I'm so thankful to God that you did. Oh, me too, man. And um, I don't – I but there's decisions that I've made that I – do I think God put me there? I think I've made decisions and got placed there based off of those were either poor decisions I made or I wasn't – pausing and listening to what God was trying to, right. to, to do. I've made selfish decisions. Like um, I, I tried to get into police academies and stuff, and God closed those doors because that's not where he wanted me. Right. But those were my decisions to do, you know. Is okay. that kind of making sense? Yeah. Hey, so have you ever felt – so I hear what you're saying because yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I've, I've pretty solidly felt God saying, nope. 
That's not where you're <laughs> supposed to be. Right. But have you ever felt God saying, this is where I want you? Have you ever felt that pull? That, so, that's funny that you say that. That is kind of how I ended up in Club 56. All right. So I've never, like, there's people that I've heard say that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I have never heard God's voice. Right. You know, I, I believe that the Bible is God's voice. That's what you will hear. Right. I don't believe that I'm get, the clouds are going to open up and you're going to hear God's voice. So that's kind of like, okay, I've never heard his voice like that. I right. know that there's scripture. And in scripture, it never says, Matt, you're going to be in Club 56, right? Okay. And, but Verse 6. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what he... What I did one time, I, I, I've, ho- I've had dead-end jobs, right, for most of my life. Not, like, horrible ones, but I've had jobs where I didn't feel like I was going anywhere. I've right. been a busser. I've been a maintenance guy. Um, I've been a janitor. I've worked on baseball complexes. I've been an umpire. Um, and uh, I just didn't feel like I was going anywhere. And I was a, a maintenance guy at uh, junior high high school. And I just remember I just was felt beat up and... Uh, I remember, I will never forget this moment, there was one night, I got down on my knees by my bed, and I just cried out to the Lord, and I said, what the heck do you want from me, man? And I just let him have it. Wow. I was tired of holding it in, because I know, God knows what I'm thinking, he knows what my, what my, what's in my heart, there's no chance of hiding it, and I just got down on my knees, literally on my knees right by my bed, and I looked up to the sky, I said, what the heck do you want from me? Wow. I, I was just like, show me the way. And you know what, Lord, when that way comes, help me to be obedient to taking that step. I have never in my life prayed that way. I've never been that, that like that passionate about prayer. I've always been kind of like almost a robot before that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for today. Help me have a good day. Thanks, Lord. And <laughs> thanks for keeping me safe today. You know, it's always right. been like a robot prayer. But I just was so convicted of myself. I felt disgusted myself that I wasn't. I don't know. I felt like there was more to me than what I was doing. Okay. And so I did kind of feel a tug to that moment. The next day, I'm cleaning the, the, the floors at the school. Right. And the football coach comes in. Tim Giannosa is his name. Oh, Tim. Tim, All right. yeah. He comes in, and it was so random that he was there at that time. I don't know why he was there at that time. It was it was in the first thing in the morning. He's a football coach. They usually come later in the day. And he, he sees me in the hall, and he comes over to me. And, he, and out of the blue, he asks me a random question. He says, hey, Matt. Hey, 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 Tim. He's like, have you ever thought about doing any ministry work? And I was like, um, not really, no. And he goes, well, if you did, you know, what what age group would you want to get involved with? And I man, I've always done been around high schoolers. I coach high school wrestling, and uh, I said, oh, high school, hands down. I, I do high school. And he goes, oh, no, no, I'm not feeling that, Matt. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he's like. Uh, what else? And I was like, uh, okay, junior high, man, junior high, but that's that's it. That's the bottom part I go. And he goes, no, here, you know what your problem is, Matt, is when you do that, you limit yourself, and you could close the, oppor- the, the doors to other opportunities that come your way. And I was like, okay, Tim, you tell me, man, <laughs> where you can see me me serving. And he said, well, how about Club 56? And like I said before earlier, I, I didn't know what that meant. Okay. So I was like, what is he talking about? Club 56, what is this? And he said, it's fifth and sixth graders. And I was like, at first, I even said out loud, I was like, absolutely not, Tim. I don't think I can. But then I remembered the night before I prayed, and I said, God, allow me to be obedient and take that step. Wow. And so I even said. Even with your ADHD. Even with my okay. ADHD, man. I was, you know, my mind races, and I was able to go back, and I was like, wow, you know, okay. So I took a step back at that time. I paused, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I didn't okay. know what that meant. Never been to a Club 56, uh, like, youth group or.
right. service, whatever it is. And uh, I was like, okay. And Tim goes, okay, so I want you to come on, on, on Sunday. And I was like, okay. So I just go up there and like, I was just like, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it. And I walked up in there and uh, Tim was, was teaching. So we ended up uh, speaking on being the salt and light of the earth. I, I remember that. And, uh, and he comes up to me, he goes, Hey Matt, Wednesday, we have something on Wednesday night. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, man, but okay. And he's like, I want you to come in and you give your testimony to these kids. It was, Whoa. It was that, that same week, and I was like, Tim, are you sure, man? And he's like, yeah, I want you to come in and do that. So, okay. So I ended up doing that that Wednesday. Okay. And uh, the rest is history, man. I've been in there ever since. And for me, it was no doubt that is where the Lord was calling me to be, was in ministry. Wow. And uh, I felt at peace about it. And for me, I know in my life, there's been a lot of decisions I made where I'm not at peace. And I know when that happens, I'm not letting God do his work, you know. And uh, I felt at peace about it. And I know that at that moment right there, that's for a fact where God was calling me to be. Wow. So is that a part of your testimony now? Does uh, that does that smash that, in there? I, that it is it is man. I think that, you know every day of my life is part of my testimony oh, of where go. God's God's calling me to be. I have stories of all different places I've went. We've shared that you know I've I was in the military too, and mm -hmm. that's just random, man. I've had so many random things. I've done acting and modeling and stuff like that as a, as a kid, and it's just random stuff, man. That it's just God's been working in my life through all of that. There's right. been a, a purpose for all that, and I feel like one of my things that I could do, I, I could relate to different people. And different things you can relate to people in different areas that I can't I can't reach you know and so I think every day of my life man is part of my story that I can help some people in and and you've been you know you've been there in my life where we've had some some sad things happen and and you know God never promised when we when we gave our lives to him and our Christians that we have easy lives no you know, in Jesus fact said, he promised we're gonna have troubles <laughs> Jesus <laughs> said the exact opposite right. you know he said you're gonna have trials and sorrows but take joy of overcome the world and we go through things, man, and that just is going to help us to sharpen other believers, and it helps our endurance as believers to go through those hard times because we could push through them. And uh, so, yeah, I think every day is, is a part of my story, my testimony of how God's just working and transforming my life, you know. And uh, it's been pretty fun. It's been it's been a roller coaster. You have your ups and downs, and it's tough. It's not easy, Ooh. and it's not supposed to be, and that's okay. And I think sometimes we could get caught up with uh, life isn't easy and I don't feel like going to church right now or things like that, but I'll tell you what, it's been worth it. Um, you know, God provides, and it may not always be the way that you want it to, but it's everything that you need, and he's always been there. So. I, I will tell you this. It's been a real blessing for me being around more believers because, like, Rhonda, my wife, is getting involved in Bible study and stuff like that, so it's way easier for me to get motivated. Hey, I want to go to church with Club 56. Hey, I'm excited to go to church. In the morning, I'm excited to read my Bible, and I don't right. know about you, but sometimes when I read my Bible, used to be, sometimes even now, I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes you read your Bible and you're like, okay, I just got to get through this. You know, I'm reading numbers, right. and I just got to get right. through numbers. Ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Lordy. Yeah. But, but I think the more we're around believers and we, we have these talks, I look forward to that. Yeah. And so that's what keeps my faith. It's like keeps it fresh, and that's kind of what I like about Pastor Rick, yes. in fact, because yes. he keeps it fresh, and you're like— he he'll talk talk about it. he's a sinner too, and right. it, and it's it's a lot easier to deal with people that you know acknowledge you know their lives and and the shortcomings in their lives and everything like that. But they're willing to talk about their faith and talk yeah. about what's important to them. So, what I love about Club Fifty Six is the Club Fifty Six kids ask some questions, and some of the questions are silly, 
and right. and they make me laugh, and I love to laugh, so that's cool. <laughs> but some of them, you you read these questions, I'm going, man, that's a good question. That oh, is yeah. a crazy good question. I you've sent me some, uh, you know, you've taken pictures, some sent them to me, and I'm like, wow, I don't I don't know. So I you know we get Pastor Gordon Rumble to to answer some of those for us, and I I'm like blown away at some of the questions they ask. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know all. I don't know everything, Randy. I don't know about you, but I don't know everything. And I'm like, whew, I do not know how to answer that. There was one. There's one that I remember. I'm just gonna say it right now. And because it to me, it's one of those silly ones. But at the same time, I was like, well, actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> it's the one where you'll know when I say it. it's. He says, "Hey, if God knows everything, will He still laugh at my jokes?" And at first, I was like, oh, come on, man. That's that's a cute question. And then I'm like, wow, you're right, because he knows the punchline. Right. So, <laughs> so it's like, huh. But, you know, G- Gordon Rumble put, made uh, made a good comment about that. He's like, God loves to laugh, man. And, and a way of that is you got zoos and other things that are made for us to laugh. And he has a great sense of humor. He'll laugh at your joke hysterically. But they ask stuff like that where it catches you off guard, where you think, oh, what a silly question. But then you're like, whoa actually <laughs> that is a great i never thought about that oh i think so too yeah i think god laughs all the time i gotta think he does because oh, some absolutely. of the stuff that happens to us definitely you go, at us really <laughs> what happened so yeah. yeah i'm totally with you uh and uh pastor gordon rumble made a good point where he said um he actually loves taking questions from little kids almost more than he does adults because he was saying how adults sometimes we think we know all the answers and know all that stuff where kids are still coming to, with questions that are innocent and actually pretty deep because we overlook those and think we already know the answer. But they asked like that, that serpent question that they asked, we'll get to that one later on when they asked about how the serpent had sinned in the garden of Eden it ta- and we talked about the fall of Satan, man, that question was so good. That was one of my favorite questions that we've had so far, but they ask great questions. That's kind of the point of this podcast is to help parents understand those questions. And, hey, your kids have questions just because they do or you have a question doesn't mean you're not a believer. It doesn't mean you don't have strong faith. It's good to have questions right. and how to answer those or ways to think about answering questions and encourage your kids to ask questions because I love something that you say on Sundays is you tell the kids, you know, when you have questions, that's telling me that you're reading your Bible. Yep. And that's, I've always thought that was a really cool way of phrasing that. And I think it's important, because I, I look at God as a parent, and he is. Hello, we call him <laughs> our father. Yeah. But but I think of, you know, I'm myself, I'm a parent. You're a parent of a real young child, so he's not asking you questions not yet. Not yet. Huh. But but a lot of parents, you hear, you know, the, the, you, you tell them, you can't have candy. And they go, why? And you just say, because I told you so. Mm. And I don't do that with my kids, because I really like that their brains are engaged. So I answer them. Now, it probably drives them crazy. They'd probably rather I just didn't <laughs> Say answer because them. I said. <laughs> right. But, but what I like is when the kids come back at you and say, well, why can't I go outside? Why can't I do this? Or, or why do you make me do this? That's an opportunity for us to talk to them. But I love that children are asking that. So then I reverse that, and I think, if I'm God and people are reading my scripture, reading my word, first of all, they're engaged in my word. But secondly, they're thinking about it. And, and just because they have questions that go sideways and they think, well, this doesn't make sense to me, at least they're engaging me. And I think God really, in my opinion, the biggest thing is the relationship, and God wants us to engage. Absolutely. I th- the relationship, man, that's so key. Um, our relationships with Christ, but our relationships with each other, with believers, because I feel like, um, I don't know who I was talking to. I was just talking to someone about this, about the relationships is sometimes missing in Christianity yeah. to where— um, 
you 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 blow your opportunities to have those deep conversations. A mm-hmm. lot of it could be surface level. But me and you have these talks and questions and we go back and forth saying, I don't know about that. You thought about this and that's okay. Right. It's not a heated argument and I think, Oh, I can't believe Randy said that you know <laughs> it's but that's so healthy. Right. And it's healthy for believers to have these conversations. It's healthy for believers to ask questions to each other because that deepens your relationship and it deepens the respect you have for each other. Mm-hmm. If I don't respect you, I don't want to hear your opinion. Right. And you got to be able to build the relationships in order to, to have these conversations. I feel like there's sometimes people just want to go out there and be like, you need to believe in Jesus right now. And I'd be like, who are you? Why do I need to believe this? What is going on? You know, or, or condemning others right away. Right. But, I think the relationship is so key mm-hmm. to have that. I, I have friends that are non-believers, and I definitely want to build my relationships with them before I get so deep into something. You know, I want to live out my life as as Christ would, you know, whether that's not cussing, in, you know, in front of them or others when they're there because that's something they do or, you know, go out and have drinks with them. You know, I could just hang out with them. And I want to live it out so that when they look at me that they can say, hey, Matt, something's different about you. And because I have that relationship with them, I can have those those talks that are deeper because now we're building a relationship. We're building that respect to where they are going to want to hear to what I have to say. Right. And something's different but not lame. So yeah, you're different right. but you're not necessarily yes, lame. Correct. You're just engaged in a different way, and correct. I think that's cool. And that I felt like uh, that's always something that, that I've wanted to do is to live it out and to, I don't always do it great, but I think that's uh, fair. That's something that uh, I feel important in Christianity is to build those relationships. That's such a key. And um, something we kind of joke about in club 56 is whenever we ask the kids, Hey, invite your non-Christian friends. Something they always go to is, uh, Oh no, all my friends are Christians. There's no one I know. that's not a Christian. Uh, John three 16. (laughs) They always go to that, you know, like, I don't know anyone that's not a Christian. Uh, John 3, 16. And, it's, you know, they always, I don't know, they always throw that verse in there. That's why we joke around <laughs> with that. But I don't know if they're afraid to have friends, to say they don't, that they uh, have friends that aren't Christians, or if they don't even know the difference of someone saying, yeah, I, oh, I'm a Christian too. Oh, high five. Okay, let's, let's move on, you know. These the building these relationships, man, is so key and important in life. And I've definitely learned things from non-believers that oh, have benefited yeah. me too. You know, so I'm not better than anyone. At, I'm no. not better than anyone at all. Just because I, I am a Christian doesn't mean I'm better than you. And right. I, like I said, I've I can learn a lot from people, and uh, I don't want to shun them out. And I don't want to be that guy's like, no, uh, all my friends are Christians. John three sixteen. <laughs> you know. I, well, and Pastor Rick talks about that because he talks about the idea that we're we're supposed to be in the world because you can't minister to, to non-believers if you're not minis- if you're not around non-believers. So if we just stay in our little cloister here, it doesn't do any good. So I, I encourage the kids to get out, talk with people, and but the thing is, we have to prepare. And so that's where and and parents, when I'm talking to you now, we tell the kids every single weekend, hey, the way you prepare, the way you get ready to talk about your faith. You got to know what those scriptures say. You got to know what God's saying. You got to know what you believe in. And if you don't know what you believe in, how are you going to share it with somebody else? And that's that's biblical. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul says we need to give an answer to right. why we have the, the the hope and the faith that we do. And it can't be like what you said earlier. You can't just say you can't just say I have faith. I believe so. It's, right. You got to have uh, an answer for why why they ask you why you have that hope and faith. That is biblical, man. And 
that's something that we need to make sure we prep the kids with. And that's kind of why we've been doing these um, these series on what are your questions so that they're strengthening their faith. So when they go out there and the non-believer asks them, hey, tell me about this Jesus. Why do you go to church? Why do you believe in him? How do you know there's a God? Where did God come from? And that they're able to have evidence and and saying that that makes them feel confident of saying I'm a believer. Well, Matt, it's because it says in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, the Bible says so. Uh, it says so in the Bible. That's one of my favorites, man. Whenever a kid says, it's in the Bible, I'm like, oh, where does it say that? Uh, hold on. And they start flipping through the pages like they're going to find it, man, on, on that page. Uh, hold on. And they go through, and I'm like, okay. That's funny. So did you hear the question, This my favorite question from this weekend? It wasn't, in the, it wasn't in the questions that they wrote, but in, my, in the middle of the message, we started talking about the curse. And we started talking about uh, the serpent. Okay. And the curse of the serpent was, you will crawl on your belly. Yes, and eat dust. Which the means the serpent didn't crawl on his belly at first. Had legs. So did he have legs? Yeah. So was that a dragon? So was it a dragon? I don't know. Or a lizard? Yeah, it was just <laughs> interesting because we started talking about that because I, I mentioned, hey, by the way, now the snake crawls on the ground. Yeah, I had, oh, man, I, I was in a, I was over at the junior high school, and I was doing a lesson similar on that over there, kind of uh, about the, the fall of Satan, and we talked about right. the serpent, that, that message that we did. And I, I said the word snake. I said, he was a snake, you know, and a kid rose his hand, and I was like, hey, man, what's, what's your question? He's like, uh, technically, he wasn't a snake yet because he had to have legs because it said crawl. And I was like, okay, oh, sorry, man, sorry, <laughs> serpent. I was saying serpent. I was just describing him as a snake. And that's a good question, man, because he says that, you know, was it a dragon? Was it uh, a lizard, you know, because we still have lizards. Yeah. So, um, and we know, too, when it says dragon in the Bible, that's also a dinosaur. Right. The word dinosaur is on the Bible. They say dragon for that because the dinosaur word wasn't coined till way later but right that's a great question yeah i one of mine that i had one time was you know wouldn't that wouldn't adam and eve feel weird if a snake or serpent dragon was talking to them like that weirded me out i'd be like whoa where'd you come from but they wouldn't know any better there was no sin at the time you know there was how would they know that that's evil like it's just an animal talking to them right i always thought that that was kind of weird but but so did all the animals talk isn't that weird that is kind of weird huh I find it weird that before, because we just talked about the curse, that all the animals, no, none of the animals were, were uh, right, meat they, eaters. They, no, they, They're all they, vegetarian. They all eat salad, like so the, yeah. so the lion's sitting there by the lamb, just hanging out, mm-hmm. not licking his chops, saying, oh, you look good right. to me. <laughs> or even Adam and Eve saying, I'm going to eat you. You know, they, yeah. they, that, that would be weird to go back. I wouldn't have liked it because there was so much greens in the salad. I'm not a fan of that. So, you know, I, I'm kind of. It's a lot of sin in your life. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it is weird to think about did they talk or not? You know, was that a norm or I just know everything was perfect. Yeah. Now it's not. And I thought it was interesting hearing all the effects that, that sin has had on the world. Even the ground, you know, thorns that we don't even think about, you know, we step on and you go, Why? And it goes back to that. Oh yeah. It it changed the whole world. That's that's the crazy thing. Sin changed the entire world. Relationships. Oh, yes, food, that's, that's everything. what we talked about, too, is how that that verse uh, in Genesis 3 is saying how uh, the Eve will want to, the woman will be want to be dominant over the man, but that won't be, and that is talking about relationships. That's definitely and happening today. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I told, I talked to that about the kids. I said, you know, that, that happens in yep. marriages that 
they argue, they fight, and that's all because of this. Don't you think? Don't uh, you ever think it's because of you right. that your parents are fighting? Because sometimes kids think that if right. the parents go through divorce or they're arguing, kids think that oh, it's because of me. But it just goes back to that. This has been fun, Randy. It has been. So uh, that's our first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm Matt. I'm Randy. And this is Got, Got Questions. Questions. We'll see you next time.